What up, bros? What up, bros? And welcome to Bra Meets World. When it's Bra Me- Chicka 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 World. <laughs> Your boy meets world fun cost. I am Siege. I am TC. And this is episode 96. Yo, yo, yo. No guts, no Corey. No guts, no Corey. I am excited. Not excited to talk about it because this was a great episode, but excited to talk about it because I have some things that maybe this episode didn't really even mean to bring up. So that's where I This I'm episode was dumb, and there was a bunch <laughs> of super offensive parts about this episode. So I, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? Who would have thought that a 90s show going back into the 60s or what was it? 50s? The- 40s 40s yeah that shows you how much we pay attention and how good our education system is (laughs) (laughs) but anyway uh going back to the 40s wouldn't hold up yeah this episode's mad dumb um before we get started i just want to once again thank everybody who's been listening to the podcast who's been sharing the podcast and interacting with us on social media we're having a ton of fun with you guys um Feel free to uh, subscribe and to give us ratings. All that stuff helps us out a lot, and we uh, we appreciate the love. Absolutely. Um, speaking of which, T, do you have any of uh, our consultant? Not <laughs> do you have any of our listener um, feedback and or questions? Because we have been having quite a few conversations on our various platforms, and uh, I would love to shout you guys out. Yeah, and so one of the main, uh, the largest discussions have been around this concept of a bromance. Um, You know, who originated the bromance was a question that we were asking earlier this season, and we kind of felt like, oh, we couldn't really think of anyone prior to Boy Meets World who, like, the bromance was as good as Corey and Sean's. And some of the answers we got were answers that I didn't really consider, some shows I didn't really know well and some were just suggestions that were wrong and I want to say why they were wrong Um, I'm not going to call out anyone by name but there was a few people who said hey you know you should look at The Odd Couple a show that I'm not super familiar with you should look at MASH another show I'm not as familiar with and see that there's some relationships there Um, MASH 100% I don't really know it it was not really played in a lot of black households as far as I know um (laughs) But for Odd Couple, the reason why I don't consider Odd Couple a bromance is because they're like people who learn to love each other versus having an instant chemistry. Um, yeah, I was going to say that the reason why, just uh, so our listeners know, the reason why we don't include um, like the Odd perfect Couple. Perfect Strangers was another one people said. Something like that is when um, they're not so much a bromance as they are, I mean, to go back to it, uh, an odd couple, like opposites attracts, they're opposing force. You have a straight man and like, they're not so much as friends and lifelong confidants as they are coworkers or neighbors or, you know, just something where it's like, we're stuck in a room together. And that's not the same as like, and that's not to say that we can't get uh, like a, a male friendships. That's not saying that those haven't existed. We're just saying to this level of like, you replace, you could replace my spouse type. Like you are, you are my life partner. Like that's the thing that makes the difference between Turk and JD and Gus and- Sean uh, and Gus from uh, Psych. Yeah. And Gus, yeah. And, and that's what separates them from like people. Okay, so, cause some of the other things that people would mention are the wonder years. The wonder years, a lot of people brought up because it's kind of the blueprint for Boy Meets World. My argument is that people need to go back and watch the wonder years because Kevin Arnold is not a good friend to Paul in that show. He's mean to him. He consistently pushes him aside. Anytime he thinks he's going to get pussy. He is a terrible (laughs) friend. He's he really is. He chooses girls over his friends every chance he gets. And another one we got a lot was Will and Carlton, um, which yeah, they're bromance, but they're also family. So I don't count it the same. Yeah. I mean, like, and I guess, you know, like we can, figure out how we really want to talk about bromance for us bromance is more of like your chosen family this is someone who you're not necessarily related to you um usually have like a long history behind each other before the show starts um there's this bond there that 
uh, again, you could be replaced as a spouse and or parent. Like it's kind of like this, um, you're the most important person in my life in a way that yeah. like, in case of emergency doesn't cover. <laughs> also like we, the part of the reason why we sh- spotlight Corey and Sean is because in their relationship is healthier than most male friendships. I mean, obviously they have some codependency issues, which we talk about. Um, but for the most part, like they really are good at showing each other love. And like even Will and Carlton's relationship is filled with just Will insulting Carlton, belittling him around other people all the time, questioning his masculinity. Like there's a lot of issues with that relationship. So I just really encourage people to go back and kind of like revisit those. And and you know what, Siege and I will also probably have to do some revisiting of, of some of the previous ones that you guys mentioned the um, one that i thought was really funny was um the the shakespeare one i can't even think of the names right now yeah they were like romeo and Mercutio or something like that like, yeah yeah like we went old school hamlet and i was like you know honestly i'm gonna give it to you like i think it's funny i i really <laughs> what we're saying is we appreciate this back and forth please send us your questions um i will say that I've already spoken to a few of you on Twitter and I have to hold your questions for when we get to those episodes, but yep. you guys have a lot of thoughts. So um, honestly, uh, something else that we will experiment is like getting some of these voice messages in, you know, leave us a yeah, voice totally. message. We'll download it and play it onto the show. So, um, well, speaking, uh, you know, you just brought up uh, Shakespeare and going way, way back. We kind of go way, way back in this episode. If we want to start, Come on, segue. I see you okay. get on that segue and you ride know, it. You know how I do. <laughs> okay, so you guys, this is, um, as we said earlier, this is the tell me about it for No Guts, No Corey. <clears throat> tell us about it. Salem sent them to the past. Boys went off to fight and war and Topanga has a surprise in store that she did not consent to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, this episode has uh, a really silly backstory. I don't know um, if you're familiar with the crossover that took place on TGIF, but, um, you know, in the last episode that, uh, that we talked about, The Witches of Pembroke, there, it ends with a Melissa Joan Hart cameo. And I guess it's through speculation that this is how Salem enters the Boy Meets World universe. Salem makes no appearance in that episode, <laughs> nor does Sabrina make an appearance in this episode. Yeah. So like, it's, it's just kind it's of weird. It's weird. It's weird from like, even if TGIF was like, hey, we just want to kind of cross over our four lineup shows for tonight. If you're writing Boy Meets World and you know that Sabrina is going to be in one episode, why not use that to segue into this next episode? Um, You know, something you used to bring up all the time, which is like they would just kind of film episodes out of order uh, sometimes and we just get it thrown in there. That's what this kind of felt like, because a little bit of thought could have made this a really easy progression. But um, yeah, that just wasn't the case here. We're going to start calling that that Michael Jacobs magic. (laughs) <laughs> where no consistency it just kind of like happens it just you know happens what I'm saying? okay so but, uh, uh we didn't I, read it so let me uh, okay yeah yeah okay, go, go ahead, ahead go and read to tell me about it the time ball swallowed by salem the cat from sabrina the teenage witch which we never really saw by the way it's just kind of like supposedly happened in the previous episode i guess it happened anyway, in the sabrina episode that aired before boy meets world exactly yes. so the time ball swallowed by salem the cat from sabrina the teenage witch takes everybody back to the 1940s Corey becomes a soldier fighting on the dangerous front lines in europe who wants his best buddy sean to marry his girl topanga if he does not return that is uh the summary of this and to so everyone knows it is on imb IMDb that the episode this episode was part of a uh time traveling themed crossover um between the episode you wish and teen angel that begins on in a gata sabrina don't know what that means but I assume that's the name that- of the episode of sabrina they send them back to the 1960s in that episode okay. and then boy meets world 1940s teen angel 1950s um i'm sorry 19 19- 1970s and you wish with 1950s so um, there you go yeah <laughs> uh lots of crossover very little thought 
Before we get into the episode, can I ask you, um, do you remember the shows You Wish or Teen Angel at all? Neither of them I remember. The um, only thing that I'm thinking of when I think of Teen Angel is Susie Q, which is not Teen Angel, but it, nope. does, star, it does star Amy Jo Johnson as a girl who dies on prom night like bummer ending i'm oh, sorry bummer beginning <laughs> yeah and then uh comes back and haunts this teenage boy um because as we all know no matter what happens in life if you're not trying to date a white man then you have unfinished business <laughs> <laughs> um yeah they're really bonkers banana shows and the only reason i bring them up is because if you look at this lineup of tgif at the time boy meets world was the only non-sci-fi kind of show you know you have sabrina which there's witches you have you wish where there's a genie you have teen angel where there's like an angel with powers or something so like for the rest of the shows in this lineup a time flash forward flashback would probably make more sense but for boy meets world this does nothing for anyone's character development or anyone's storylines whatsoever it's just like a fun you know like like the season three i was a teenage spy episode uh it's just like let's go back in the past and like have fun with this and that's pretty much it yeah, you know, honestly, I don't even really mind these kind of like one-off episodes. Um, I just, I think I really mind the premise around them. Like, we didn't need Salem to do this. Like, there are plenty of times where like an episode just opens this way. You're like, oh, I guess this is what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we don't need the magic cat that doesn't really fit into the series. And then if you've never watched Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, you have no idea what's going on. Like, we don't need all of that. Just say, this is what we're or doing. Or if you plant... Even if you plan to just syndicate the show, you know episodes are going to air out of order and all over the place. Why commit to this? It just feels very weird. Um, but yeah, so I guess we can talk about <laughs> this episode. Let's go back and pass. Bro. Okay, so I will say, so first of all, we've mentioned him quite a bit. Uh, I think his name is Nick Bacay, uh, who plays the voice of Salem. Mm -hmm. I will absolutely say that. I did love Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I do love Salem. That is a absolutely one of my favorite characters from the 90s. He is like, he's so funny. Uh, that cat is like the reason why I wanted a black cat for so long. Um, <laughs> him and Thackeray Binks, which again, for those of you who don't know, we need your help getting Jason Marsden on this show. He's oh, already done please. one of our sister podcasts. And if I get him on this show, we're talking Thackeray. We're talking Goofy. We are, we're, we're doing Honestly, it Honestly, guys, we may only talk like his other projects. We might not even get to Boy Meets World, but it's it's going to be a good time. Please make uh, this and then Manifest. I have to tell him how much I have a crush on him. Um, <laughs> but um, starting off, as we said earlier, we had Salem. We have this magic time ball, which I did not know until I read the description. And we go back in time. For me, one of the things that I thought was interesting is just the idea of how America talks about war. Like, if this is going to be our war episode, and all of the learning that I've done in my life over the years, I thought that this show had, a, it brought up a lot of interesting topics that it didn't really nail. And then even furthermore, it showed a lot about why we could be at war for years and the American people never really care about it. You know what I mean? I, I was uh, kind of taken back at how much this time period was intrinsically tied to war propaganda like you can't go back to the 40s without there being a heavy influence of war propaganda and you see that throughout the entire episode you see you know high school kids rushing to get married and it being called romance you see you know people rushing to sign up for a war that they don't quite understand anything about you see um you, 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 just all the different aspects of why it's like unhealthy to be in that environment in a way that's not presented as that it's it's celebrated as part of this great american time period so it's just very interesting to see how we thought about this you know and then i thought about the 40s and the 90s versus thinking about the 40s in 2020 so i'm just gonna say if you guys haven't picked up on it yet 
uh, TC and I are not exactly pro the American military complex. So if you are, just know that two things. One, I respect anyone who is a soldier and anyone who is doing the hard work that comes with being a soldier. Although I do not support the idea of the American military as it stands, nor do I support the budget that we spend on it. Letting that be number one. Number two is the idea of when you understand how the American military works, especially this whole propaganda thing, the idea that the moment war is announced, you have all these young white men, middle America being like, we're going to go and serve our country. Yeah, bruh. Good luck with that. Because Two things. One, America never appreciates its veterans the way that they're supposed to. And two, we voluntarily get into wars that we know will sacrifice all of these kind of lives, these, oh, like Philadelphia, Ohio, middle of America type white boys who are just looking to do the right thing. What meanwhile, DC, nowhere to be found. They're like, I wouldn't go over there if you paid me to and that's just how it works and so I just like for me I immediately was like angry and sad at these boys buying into the idea of we're going over there to serve our country and help when in reality most of you will go over there die no one will remember you except your families you may get a statue you may get some kind of benefits but after that you're really just going to be someone we celebrate on veterans day and The thing that I'm always really uh, taken back by is how often America likes to talk about World War II and not Vietnam. Like, there was so much, uh, there were so many people who were alive during Vietnam who were alive during this episode and even now versus World War II. Yet World War II is always talked about as this great time period where it was like a moral war and and honorable um, in a way that like none of the wars we entered since have publicly been considered. So, Yeah, I uh, I will say, I think you're referring to World War II and I believe this is World War I. Uh, Oh, this is World War II. They go back to, they're talking about D-Day, Pearl Harbor, 1941. Like they're talking about all of that. I'm so sorry. So sorry, everyone. Um, But yeah, no, you're right. World War II is the final war that we were like, we could tell ourselves we were the good guys. After that, with Vietnam, with the Korean War, with Desert Storm, with all of these other things, we knew, oh, we're not getting this shit right. If anything, we started this. And we can and should have left at any point in time. We chose not to. And now we're just going to deal with it. Again, I'm letting you know right now, if you have ties to the military and you feel very, very strongly, you should probably skip this episode (laughs) because I like, I just am not about promoting any of this. um, I guess there is no other word than propaganda that we know what we're doing, that this is a noble fight anymore. I feel that very often, um, we've kind of pigeonholed people into making these decisions or we've sold them a false dream. And I saw a lot of that in this episode. Yeah. And I, I, I really want to go back and talk about Corey and Topanga specifically in this episode, because one of the things that, Oh, so the episode starts with Corey finding this picture of Topanga's grandparents from the war. And he's like, wow, they don't, they're look at them. They're getting, engaged or something and Topanga's like they're not any older than we are now they proposed the day they went to war oh how romantic and yeah. like though that's the way this is presenting itself and so uh, you know this kind of gets to my overall issue with Corey and Topanga is that they pre- they're presented as the ideal couple but this ideal couple is getting engaged in high school this ideal couple is rushing into a serious relationship in a really young age and considering it romantic and my issue is that is that I watched this show and my <laughs> idea of romance was in so many ways defined by Corey and Topanga and these ideas that I'm supposed to find my soulmate when I'm 16 years old. And that's just not the way it goes. And so I, the reason why I just want to call it out is because it really affected me in a negative way. So I have to imagine other people were affected in a negative way by, you know, kind of surrounding this this toxic relationship as disguising it as romance and i well, yeah i mean we don't know like 
one of the things that our culture is really bad at is this idea of like defining romance, defining what's a healthy relationship. I mean, we talked about it earlier, but like one of the reasons why Corey and Sean are the exception to all of these other couples is because they were a healthy dynamic or at least a healthier dynamic than we had been seeing before. And um, specifically with like the proposing on D-Day and the idea of it being romantic. First of all, anything that your grandparents did, we like to recolor as romantic. Like yeah. any way that your grandparents met, we like to idealize and be like, that's how they met. As long as it wasn't rape just straight up out, then we're like, oh, and then again, in the future, None- like- and turning a blind eye to Pop Pop Smack and Nana yeah. at the table. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, in reality, like, I've already seen it where it's like, oh, my, you like, people used to meet at a bar. Like, that was never anything that people bragged about. That was just something that ever since we moved on to dating apps, now it's like, oh, my parents met at a bar. And it's like, how is that a romantic story? Your mom was drunk. Your dad was horny. He was like, that and actually, he was talking to your mom's friend, but it turns out that she mm-hmm. was the one who saw him point, and they went home together. Again, I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just saying that it's not this romantic um, pride and prejudice story that we love to tell ourselves. And our children will do the exact same thing. At some point in time, they'll be like, yeah, you know, my parents met on the apps, not like this new way of doing things. And like, I mean, like in, in general, the whole point is um, people meet the way that they meet that's not romantic in and of itself and proposing is not romantic in and of itself i think that that's another thing where people very often are like want to be proposed to or want to be engaged and you're like that does not a healthy relationship make and there are a lot of things that i already saw like red flags on this 1940s 1950 um topanga and Corey, where i was like this is not these are not good people we should not and it was also really frustrating because as we've mentioned we haven't had topanga very present in the show at all recently and so for this to be the first time we see topanga for this to be the first time we see amy and they're like you know involved in the story in a really long time we actually have women present it's these 1940s tropes of a woman it's this my boyfriend wants me to marry his friend so i'm going to consider it it's crazy for Topanga? So, That's not Topanga. Well, to be fair, this is not Topanga. So we can't hold that to Topanga. We can't be like, "That's not Topanga. This isn't Topanga. This is Topanga's grandmother, who apparently is also named Topanga." We we're, we're gonna skip over these things. But, whoa, whoa, whoa! Was that it? Were they supposed to be Topanga's grandparents? I thought this was like them, ex- like having like I was a teenage spy. We're exploring the past. I didn't realize she was like playing the role of her grandmother because that's more interesting well that's that's what i thought they were doing and the reason why i say that i mean like i could be wrong um that's interesting i thought thought that's what we were doing because i wanted to bring this point up which is the idea of they set it up where it's like oh look at this picture of her grandparents they look so happy you know they got engaged the day of and i was and they never show us the photo and so i was like yo when that moment when Corey gets like he's super excited he goes over the fence he disappears and Sean now has to bury Topanga. I was like, this, if we do what I think you're going to do, which we didn't do, um, better episode. Why? Because now we're talking about loyalty and friendship and the idea of, you know, marriage not being what you thought it was. And the fact that plenty of people, in fact, did get married because they told their best friend, hey, don't worry. If you, something happens to you, I'll marry Topanga. You go back and they keep their word. I mean, like, again, I'm not crazy about it, but that is, that's a story of honor. That's the story of, Dude. hey, by the way, did you know this about our past? But no, of course, we we step out of it and we're like, ah, but like, I'm so sorry. That's, so, that's so wild. Imagine if at the end they show us the photo and it's Sean and Topanga. Like, does yeah. that not change everything? And be well, like, just, oh, yo. I mean, this is such a tangent and I apologize, but like, can you imagine like putting your life goals and and guilting that onto your best friend, guilting your partner into a relationship that they have no consent in? Like, I can't imagine even if I'm dying being that damn selfish to just be like, hey, I'm going to decide what you guys do for the rest of your life because I didn't get the rest of mine. That's crazy. 
they completely kind of backtracked and made it a little bit more palatable by being like, hey, um, like towards the end of it, the original engagement, they were like, hey, what are you going to do now that the war is over? It's like, I'm going to propose against just so she knows it wasn't only about the war. And it's like, yeah, you had to put that line in there because we know in reality, a lot of people did do this. And it was, it goes back to, and I know for all those people who hate our social justice warrior moments, but this is the reality of it. It goes back to treating women like property and basically being like, hey, I don't want you to fuck anyone while I'm gone. And I want to like kind of hold you down and put you on layaway. So I'm gonna propose now, go to war. You'll never know what happens to me if I do die. And you just kind of like stay here and wait for me. If I do die, I'll send someone back to fulfill my contract. <laughs> like, <laughs> Also, if I come back with chlamydia, I was defending the country. So you got to let that slide. <laughs> exactly. The idea of having Topanga be proposed to right before going to a war. In some cases, you know, maybe it's financial. Like we all are aware of like military people who get married, so it increases their bonuses or whatever. Um, maybe it was in fact like a declaration of love, but doing that to someone when you know you're about to be gone and unreachable and like all have no idea what they're doing. And basically again, locking them down and being like, you can't break this promise to me. I'm a soldier. I'm fighting for you. It's like, no, that's not the way to do that. And now I believe we would know that the healthier thing to do is, Hey, I love you. You love me. I'm going to go on tour. I may die. Uh, I will write you as much as I can, but live your life. Do you. And if, if I come back and we're still connected, because by the way, I'm going to war and I'm going to see some shit that you can't relate to. Um, if we come back and we're still compatible, great. If we're not also, okay, but just know, I love you now. I care for you now. And I will remember you when I'm there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What did you think of Corey enlisting without even giving Topanga a heads up about it? Again, I don't have a problem with it. Why? Because you're your own person. But what I'm saying is, if you do that, you can't then say, hey, I made this decision without you. So now I'm going, now I want you to yeah. be involved in all decision making. Yeah. Like, I, I, I want us to be an us. <laughs> 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 when it's convenient yeah when it's convenient for you we see Topanga be like I know he's still alive I know like things are going on but when we visit Corey what is Corey doing is Corey being loyal is Corey the one who's just like yo I can't I feel it in my heart Topanga's out there so I'm just gonna stay single until I can figure out who I am not at all he already got himself a new chick he's literally on the way to getting married and Topanga flies overseas to stop the wedding. This, this woman who again, like uh, you can go ahead. I, I, I bring. No, I was just going to say that this episode is, is so silly that it's really hard to like try to even make any sense of it. This idea that Topanga can fly to France, that Eric and Topanga can just stumble across Corey and in, in Paris. Um, Corey actually has this really funny joke where he's like, I, I, I woke up naked and I could only speak French yeah. and like she actually ends up speaking French to him and he's like no 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 I said I can only speak French <laughs> there was actually a lot of funny like moments in this episode which I guess is what this episode is for like it's for like to be a light-hearted throwaway episode especially because I think next episode we start getting into some deeper material so maybe this was to kind of balance it out um but like you said like to try to make sense of what happens uh in the resolution of this where Corey regains his memory from a kiss like it's a disney spell or some shit i i can't yeah. make sense of it. i mean television clearly has no idea how amnesia works but like i mean again television magic i don't want to take away the full again Michael Jacobs magic that we're, we're doing here. It is supposed to be fun and silly. I just think that, again, as someone who is looking at this from the 2020 lens, 
you're right. It taught us all these toxic things. It taught us that if you really love someone, you're going to lock them down and make sure that they can't do anything and they feel guilt ridden uh, if they do move on with their lives and you're off living your life. Um, amnesia be damned. You're like, whatever. Um, even like, because in fact, Eric finds him and Eric's like, yo, <laughs> you, this yeah. is your name. This is who you are. And he still is like, I'm going to go get married. Topanga has to come over and say no stop I'm here and only because she showed up did he and we talk about that so often Corey's not necessarily making wise decisions Corey always gets interrupted from making wrong decisions okay Uh, something I want I need to like understand is because you know, earlier when we were talking you were saying like hey I understood this as being from Topanga's grandparents point of view and i walked away thinking the the exact opposite that this was just our current cast and their current characters playing in the past so when sean says i hope Corey shows up the day after the honeymoon and we can annul the marriage is that sean saying that he wants to fuck topanga or is that some wild friend of their grandparents saying they want to fuck topanga's grandma a friend of their grandpa and also i would like it to be known that we all understand what they were saying is these boys in this particular time are virgins and and sean was like look i'm gonna get it where i can get it <laughs> if, if i want to go through with this i'm gonna get the perks and then if everything else goes to shit well i mean like i tried i did what i was supposed to do um and and i i don't blame him for that <laughs> also and, you he would be his wife at the time so even Feeney's like, hey, Sean's marrying Topanga. This is weird. Um, they, it's it's interesting having Feeney weigh in on it, having him being the one that's being like, hey, this is weird. While everyone else is like, well, I guess you got to do what you got to do. Even, uh, even Amy isn't like super on board with the idea, but she's also like not stopping it either. Yeah, I mean, because again, I think like this is, Whenever we do episodes like this, it's weird because we want to show what did happen and bring up like elements uh, that were like a reality. But we also want to have fun with the cast and be like, well, we can't have Corey and I'm sorry, we can't have Sean and Topanga get married because that would interrupt this true love that Corey and Topanga have. But again, I think it just sets up these expectations and it gives this false sense of um, if, if your heart was really in it and you were engaged and your loved one was missing, you should know it. You should feel it in your bones. And if you don't, then did you really care about each other? And that's, that's just what I'm saying. It's like it creates this thing that we all grew up watching. And we walk away with these lessons being like, yo, if you really cared about me, you would know, you would feel it. And I mean, like, I'm going to be a little personal in this moment, but um, I remember when my grandmother died, when my grandmother died, there was a part of me that like got used to television and be like, oh, she's going to hold on because I was on a plane to like go fly and and be there. I was like, she's going to hold on just enough till I can walk into the room or whatever. And it's like, no, that's not how life works. And by the time I landed, she had already passed away. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't say that for any other reason than to say television is what put that in my mind. Like my parents didn't say, Hey, by the way, when you die, you get to hold on until you get to say goodbye to everyone. That was TV. That was TV. That's a movie thing that I had picked up on. And therefore those were my expectations. And I just think that when we are telling kids these things, they walk away with the same kind of expectations. That's unfair to put on a partner. And it's also, I mean, Again, speaking as someone who walked away from Corey and Topanga's relationship with kind of all the wrong ideas of romance, I remember having a high school relationship that I like tried to make a Corey and Topanga relationship. Like I, I forced it in so many ways because I wanted my high school sweetheart to be the person that I ended up with. Spoiler alert, that relationship didn't, would not work out. <laughs> <laughs> but it was this thing where like, you know, television had, taught me that like oh like if it's true love you'll meet and it'll it'll work and it'll just be flawless through you know and you guys will grow happy happily ever after unlike someone like sean and angela who later on kind of have a more normal maybe even more healthy type of adult relationship that's more similar to the kind of relationships you're going to have growing up um 
that's probably a relationship I should have walked away with more lessons with, but I, I didn't because Corey and Topanga were the forefront of this. So I mean, um, and again, we're not just harping on Corey and Topanga. 90s television, 90s television especially, but even modern television, there's that couple that will they want they, and so many TV shows try to shoehorn it in and like force it to happen. When again, this is the past. We can actually take a lesson and be like, yo, by the way, this is a lesson about loyalty. This is a lesson about like the fucked up history that we have and things don't always work out the way that you do. And you can't be careless with your life just because, you know, like there's so many lessons to take away from the idea of like, it's actually uh, Tobago and Sean who had to get married or whatever. Like, I know we didn't want to make it a very special episode. I'm just saying that it was a chance to talk about how relationships really work out. And maybe, you know, like this is escapist TV. So we're asking too much of it. But like well, when yeah. friends had Ross and Rachel get together at the end or um, uh, Robin and Ted at yeah. the end of How oh, I Met Your Mother. That was so or, shoot in. Oh, yeah, I hated Carrie that. and Big. It's like in, in reality, yeah. all of these characters, they don't have healthy relationships and they don't necessarily belong together. Like the idea that you belong together just because you spent enough time with each other isn't the way to go. We all know that Corey and Topanga is this generation's idea of like what true love is, but it also set up all these expectations um, that we all walked away with. And the, and the thing that's really frustrating about this episode uh, specifically is that I don't even know if any of this even matters to Corey and Topanga. Like everything we saw didn't really happen in the timeline that we're watching the show. This is yeah. like a dream sequence. This whole Almost, show yeah. episode could just have been a dream that Corey had in class while falling asleep or something like that. So it's hard to walk away with like, you know, is this true to Topanga's character or Corey's character? Because it's made up, it's make-believe, whatever. Yeah. I'm That's fine. But it's, if it's, if you have two characters in this dream sequence that are like, hey, we're in high school and maybe we should get married. And then later this season in our current timeline, you have two high schoolers who are like, hey, let's get married. It feels as though there's more truth to this dream sequence than there isn't. So it's I don't know how serious to take this episode. It's really frustrating. Yeah, no, I mean, like it is it's you know it's supposed to be fun and like we have a cat with a magic ball stuck down his throat we have a cat we have a cat who can make a phone call through time and dimensions he calls sabrina from the past to a different time in a different location yeah it's (laughs) i mean there's no rules (laughs) i mean and and they're according to michael jacobs there shouldn't be um i i think that we've talked a lot about what i really wanted to just highlight which were like how relationships actually were built and and the way that things actually went down in the past. And, um, you know, like even uh, we didn't really get to shoot, uh, talk about this, but like Sean following through and being like, hey, you know, I made this promise to my best friend. I do like the idea on like a little bit of continuality where he proposes and Topanga's like, yo. And he's like, oh, I probably should have mentioned that this was Corey's final wish. Yes. <laughs> There's so many times on TV where it's like, wait, how did they know about that conversation? So the idea that like everyone, everyone watching was like, wait, this is messed up. Oh, Corey wanted it. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, so I have a theory that I want to talk to you about. Yeah. I have never really, like, I don't know if the term gaydar is even like, uh, a term that people are using anymore. Um, I feel like sexuality kind of is irrelevant. It's fluid. It's I kind of accept it's a spectrum, right? Um, but I'm pretty sure Jack is gay, if not bi. Bisexual? Well, let's not I, have bi erasure because bisexual yeah, yeah, is yeah. Gay. I yeah, I I think that he is on the spectrum, and I and and it's because of how consistently his character is to say no homo at any chance he gets. And when I also just think about his evolution as like this like workout buff who starts gelling his hair and he doesn't really have any serious relationships that are you know that are healthy or long term, um, other than Rachel. But you know I don't know if I count that as healthy. Uh, it, it, it just it, I would I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up some kind of lgbtq i I would say that i wouldn't be surprised but also i don't want to like yeah i don't want to assign (laughs) plus 
<laughs> um, uh, I don't want to assign a sexuality to him just because he has these things. Like, don't get me wrong. I feel like this is like a product of the 90s, not really known. It's like, you're a good looking white man. Uh-oh, like we don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. And again, that's like, this is where we talked about in our previous episodes uh, about the gay panic idea. It's like, oh, a, a good looking white dude who like is really close to his roommate, even though uh, they just met and they don't have the same longevity as Corey and Sean. What's that about? That's weird, right? Not yeah. too weird, but also weird enough. And that's where we keep coming back. It, it is kind of like this continuous no homo narrative. And um, I just think that there's... It really harkens back to when we were doing the flashback episode where, you know, Corey and Sean are hugging and you hear Topanga go, you know, stop it, your boys. In this episode, Eric is like, hey, can I have a hug? You just got home from war. You're my friend. And Eric's and Jack looks at him and says, no, because he yeah. doesn't want to seem gay. Yeah, it's crazy. Exactly. I mean, like, and also like the idea of like Eric, like I like I think it's funny because we are doing this thing with sexuality where, especially now, where like Eric's like, hey here's this photo of me. I want you to hang it up above your locker or above your bunk when you go to war. And he's like, people will talk. He's like, yeah, they'll talk. I look good in that photo. And like, I'm like, that's what I like. I like, it's like, like this idea of like, not no homo. Yes, homo. Like what's wrong with homo? Like this, this idea of, I, you're making it sexual. Like, don't make it weird. If it's weird, it's because you're making it weird. If there is some sexual undercurrent, that's fine. Why? Because consent is also a thing. So if I was blatantly hitting on you and being like yo by the way you turn it over i'm completely naked you have the right to be like thanks bruh not my my cup of tea like there is choice and autonomy in these situations but for some reason it's just you always need to make clear that hey by the way i love you as a friend just saying it's as a friend and I feel like a more modern sitcom, you would see like, you know, Schmidt open his gym locker and have a picture of Nick and it not be a thing. And it not, not be it not be a thing. Like, yeah, you're like, like, yeah. Embrace. Like, it was in there. Nick didn't even <laughs> yeah. give it to him. It's just in there. Nick's it's like, just why, in why, there. Why is it in here? What do you mean, why is it in here? I love this photo of you. <laughs> and like, I... I know like when we, you know, talked about gay panic on TikTok, a lot of people were like, oh, it's from a different time period, which by the way, from a different time, a different time for who, for who? <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's, yes, it's the nineties. And obviously we've evolved a lot since then, but the reason why we're pointing it out is because we've evolved and because we know this, this drastic difference in how society is, you know, viewing male friendship from the last 30 years. So it's like, we're pointing that out because we appreciate, you know, the little hints that Boy Meets World got right and the, the seeds that they planted because they have since flourished very beautifully in a lot of different sitcoms. Exactly. And I just think that like, I, I like the idea of um, Eric caring this much about Jack. Oh yeah, like I like it. I think it's fun. Uh, again, is there some sexual tension there? We've already liked maybe, but something just like as a rule of thumb, one, no one is any sexuality that they don't claim to be. You can't identify someone else as what you think they are. They have to tell you, I am this. Like we respect choice and consent yeah. and autonomy. Number one. Number two is even if there was or if there isn't or there's some kind of bisexual lingering all that really matters what we're seeing is intimacy and i think that that's kind of like where it gets murky because yeah. we always say that friends are allowed like guys are allowed to love each other yeah you love your friend but are you allowed to be intimate are you allowed to be close and this is that intimacy is where we start raising flags because like hey you don't you don't want it to get too close you know what happens yeah by the way a bunch of guys over in europe uh bunging together but you're worried about the one dude who blatantly puts a poster up and not the two guys yeah. huddling over in the back corner not gonna get into that but just say <sighs> okay um <laughs> moving right along uh, i did want to say kind of going off of this whole uh 
gay conversation. The makeup department was on point this episode. Like the costume, costume department was on point too. It was like it looked really good. Yeah. Um it's like it, Corey had like a little bit of uh like dirt on his face while they're in the bunker what, or whatever. What accent is Corey trying? Like as soon as they go back in the past, he starts talking like uh I can't let you go, dame. And then <laughs> but it comes and goes throughout the episode. Like sometimes he does it, sometimes he doesn't. He's tries to have a French accent kind of a little bit. I don't know. It's just his accents are all over the place in this episode. Yeah. I mean, this, again, we we pulled it apart, but this was mostly supposed to be a fun episode. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily as fun. The comedy, the comedic picks weren't exactly there. Uh, but ultimately, I just think that it did bring up a lot of conversations, especially when, like, uh, for a podcast like you and I. Yeah, and this is definitely like a, a what if episode. Like, you know how like Marvel's what if is coming out and they just kind of ask all these hypotheticals like, what if we were back in time? Like, I just don't know that I appreciate these episodes because it feels like episodes where they're like, all right, yeah, we have storylines, but we have 19 episodes, we need 23. Like, what else we got? And so that's kind of what this felt like. It didn't feel like it, it uh, added anything to the show. I could do without this episode entirely and be fine. And think that's kind of like what I would want from this episode particularly is I'm mad, if anything, I'm mad we spent the majority of the time on like this narrative of like, it's war, but we're going to talk about Corey and Topanga and Corey's amnesia and the hunt for Corey and all this other stuff. When we could talk about how women did in war, like the Amy yeah. storyline I thought was like really great. The idea that she um, went to war to kind of distract her from the fact that she missed her family. We could talk about um, the reactions of war and the idea of like families being formed and torn apart by war. Like we had this moment that we could talk about something like, if you're going to bring up a war episode, let's get into it. And instead yeah. we just got fluff. And I feel like that's like, that's not worth it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, it, it's I, one thing I do want to bring up real fast, too. Uh, I just forgot to mention we were talking about Eric and Jack. Um, it, there's a scene where they're like at Chubby's, the 1940s Chubby's, where Eric is like, hey, you dame, come over here, like snap, snap or something like that, where it was just like, oh, wow, they're in the past and they're actually like acting like the men from the past and um that scene in particularly i just wanted to mention because it was just a, a prime example of of what you were talking about um but that's the last thing i have on my on my notes for this episode sounds good uh did you have i mean we've we've talked about this but like was there like a definitive bra moment to me the bra moment was you know Corey making the choice for Topanga that she would marry Sean. It wasn't this like, hey, can you ask Topanga when you get back if she would feel comfortable with this? He was, she was like, hey, without talking to Topanga at all, you're the dude I think should fuck my girlfriend. Exactly. Um, yeah. it's it's insane. Um, yeah, uh, I don't. Did really you have, have a different one? one? Like, I didn't really have a bruh moment. I think for me, the the hypocrisy surprise, surprise, of, like, Corey having, being in a relationship. He specifically, like, when Sean's, like, uh, kissing her would be, like, kissing you, he's like, hey, I didn't say anything about kissing. I said marry her. And the first scene we get is Corey kissing her, like, uh, Versailles. Uh, Versailles. I was like, yo, like, this is messed up uh, in so many ways. But, of course, it gave him amnesia to, like, fake it. And one another thing that I thought was really interesting that we could have done, but, of course, we wouldn't have done in this show, is the idea is there were plenty of men who went missing during war and then just started new families. They were like, I'm not going back. Fuck this. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway. Oh, uh, one other, I'm sorry. One last thing I want to point out about this is that if you go and you watch the scene where like, you know, Corey's realizing that the war is over and he's like rushing out, you can see the whole platoon, all white soldiers. This was a segregated platoon. <laughs> ah, very good point. Because, and that's good to point out specifically because there are people of color in the school when Feeney makes the announcement. So they very purposefully were like, you wouldn't be in this platoon. <laughs> like, yeah. They have a desegregated school, but a not a desegregated army. So that's interesting. Sounds like America. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Did you have a Feeney lesson or Feeney taught me? No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like there's any lesson from this episode that I can walk away with. Uh, I don't know if you have anything, but... Mm. Uh, there, there is 
no lesson that I would like to repeat from this episode. Yeah. Um, uh, friends don't let friends write crossover episodes that don't make sense. Like, yeah, don't pick up <laughs> random black cats you find in the high school. Maybe, maybe that's the reason why you went back in the past. I don't know. I don't know what the like we're supposed to walk away with. All a fever dream because Corey got rabies or something. Yeah. <laughs> if you said this was a rabies fever dream, that would make more sense. Okay. Um, what letter are you giving this? What grade? Oh, we've had some duds, dude. We've had some duds in a row. I really haven't liked the last few episodes, and honestly, this one I'm probably going to give a C minus to. Um. Yeah, I'm just I'm not. C-minus. I love yeah. like, we're like we're in tune lately on our grade. Yeah. Like, usually we are like opposite or like like one letter grade off, but like I felt like this was like a good C minus. Like it wasn't terrible in the way that like some of our past episodes has have been, but yeah, it was also like it didn't really make sense and it didn't really move the for- story forward. Yeah, and honestly, if I'm thinking about it, I don't think I was a big fan of uh, the other time travel episode they did back in season three, episode 19, I Was a Teenage Spy, but I think I like that one better than this one. As far as like, um, that's the episode where they go back and there's like Russians or whatever, and he that meets one like- That has more comedy. It's like- It Boris has more comedy, but they also have like a Topanga and a Sean that are more similar to like, like for example, the Topanga and this, and I was a teenage spy likes to go to eat Rocky Road ice cream and see giraffes at the zoo. And so this current Topanga, so there's a tie there that makes it make sense in the way that this episode did not have. So yeah, yeah, I, get C-. yeah I think C minus was good. All right. How about homework? What homework do you got for them? Okay, so my homework this week is going to be a, another podcast. Um, okay. one, of the, one of the dates that um, my fiance and I have been going on during the pandemic is like picking up food, uh, driving to the beach and listening to this podcast, Crime Junkies, and just like listening <laughs> to just like true crime stories unfold. And Crime Junkies is probably my favorite of all the crime uh, podcasts out there just because th- it's not a lot of fluff. Like they just kind of give you the story and lay it out in a way that's so intriguing and um you know i was driving through the santa monica mountains listening to a, a episode that took place in the santa monica mountains and it was just like a really like surreal situation to just kind of know like oh like a crime happened literally where i'm where i live and where i am so um yeah crime junkies is just like an excellent podcast for anyone who really digs like those netflix crime documentaries or anything like that this is like a a 30 minute um little snippet of of something like that that you can listen to while you drive around and like i said it's been a great entertainment for us during our car dates i do not understand everyone's obsessed with this like true crime like like for me like i like like i just think of like unsolved mysteries or like these things like live in my head and i don't need the anxiety but apparently like Something that I saw recently that kind of helped me understand was they were like, women like it because they learn what not to do. Like they find it informative. And I'm like, I don't need, like, I would just have anxiety all the time. And maybe that's what it's like being a woman. I don't know. (laughs) We, We had a long conversation about like what it was about crime docs and true crime docs that are, are so popular and so titillizing to people and i think it's one it is that kind of survivor instinct you want to kind of know these situations that people are walking into so you can kind of avoid it that's a natural human thing and i also think it's just kind of like campfire like ghost stories like what's the difference between a true crime doc and like a horror movie really like it's it's just kind of like the real life version of that so the horror is kind of more real you put it perfectly to me because i don't like horror movies like like that's like that yeah. is definitely your lane and for me i'll do thrillers like i like thrillers where there's a mystery to solve like i'll i can be down for that but like unsolved mysteries crimes that didn't go so- like those things don't give me like comfort well um, i will say <laughs> that with this podcast in particular like they kind of like start out with the crime and then throughout the podcast you as an audience member learn more you like solve the crime with the detectives as they're solving it so there is kind of like that uh, mystery scooby-doo element that i think you might like so okay okay um i will also say that as much as i said like i don't like those i will say like what i think back on like when we watch movies now or like um, anything when like someone just like ran like you'll hear in the 70s they're like and then they got in the car with a complete stranger like bitch 
what's your problem? Like, 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 have you not seen the movie? Don't do it. Like, and there is like something to be known. Like I think about that anytime I watch like a really old movie or TV show where someone is like, they don't have, even if it's like a documentary, they don't have the CSI law and order knowledge that we all have by now. Yeah. So we all are like, I know my rights. I know what you can't do. I know if like rape can't immediately, like we just know these things because there's of so many stories that start off with just like this person was hitchhiking and, and I'm like, oh, so that's why we don't do that anymore. Well, like, so what's funny is that's not why we like we do that anymore. Um, I'm so sorry, but like this is a complete tangent. Feel free to turn it off if you if you have to go. But um, on the hitchhiking thing, it wasn't really that much of a problem. They made it seem like it was a bigger deal. And they made it seem like it was a bigger problem. It was like less than 1% of hitchhikers would go missing. Don't get me wrong. If you're one of those hitchhikers, yeah, it's a pretty big deal. But in general, it wasn't that big of a deal. They just wanted to sell people more cars and in order that to sell people more That sounds like cars, America. <laughs> yeah. That they sounds like, like my country. <laughs> how can we get people to stop hitchhiking and stop... Um, uh, sharing rides I know what if we just made like made it like dangerous and there's nothing yeah. white women in America love more than finding out something that they do every day is dangerous like yeah I would <laughs> love to see the statistics between like uh, violent hitchhiking incidents versus violent like uber incidences to see if there's really a difference because what's uber but like technical you're still getting into a car with a stranger yeah like i mean anyway um so your homework my homework is um it's funny and i'm only choosing it i always feel like i give like some of the better homeworks on like an episode we didn't love but it's this tv show on hbo called generations Mm. and if you've seen or like um euphoria this uh, this TV show is the comedy version of Euphoria, and it it is ridiculously funny. It is re- like like it, I don't know how to say this other than it tells the story of like Generation Z in high school and like what they have to go through right now. Um, it's very well done. It's very well like each episode is like maybe twenty five minutes, so it goes by quickly. But you are like pulled in immediately and this holy shit i'm sorry i just realized i i looked it up um and i'm looking at the pictures of it and it stars justice smith yeah you know who justice smith is just by looking at him i would not have guessed this was him at all this dude is going in for this role bro he is going in like it's so funny that you say that because when justice smith like i i was with you i know who he is and so i saw him in the role and i was like this feels a bit much, but as the show goes on, I completely forgot it was Justice Smith. He wow. really commits to this role, and I think he gets a lot right. Um, and also, it's really interesting to like see the kind of sexual fluidity that Gen Z is working with, and also um, you realize like we just talked about like the generation that dealt with the war and the millennials are known for dealing with the crash, but like to see like the things that Gen Z just is like their whole thing is, is we're completely aware and we're fucked so like you were fucked but didn't know it we know we're fucked and that's the life that we live in at all times yeah. like i think in like episode three the entire school's on a lockdown because there may be a shooter and like what does that deal what does that look like what is what do these kids have to go through um and again i just thought it was a really great show and especially when we are talking something about like boy meets world and like what they set up i'm really really interested to see what our audience and what you tc think about this show yeah absolutely i'm excited for it Okay, um, that is our episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We always appreciate it. Keep giving us your feedback. Keep responding to your TikToks. Keep sending us messages. And uh, reach out to us anytime at Brummeets World or email us at Brummeets at gmail.com. I've seen a lot of you guys start to follow me on Twitter. So uh, I, am, I am not your Oreo. Um, follow me there, TC. You know what? Uh it's interesting because we have people who are just starting to listen to our podcast from like the very beginning. And recently someone brought up to me that I've for a long time have abandoned my Twitter Anna Kendrick retweet. <laughs> 
<laughs> where I simply just retweeted everything that Anna Kendrick tweeted, and I want you guys to know I'm gonna bring it back. So I please, I am so mad at this person. I was follow, so happy <laughs> follow me at Anna Kendrick retweets because guess what? I'm gonna start retweeting everything that Anna Kendrick tweets, uh, and you Anna don't want to miss it. Isn't even tweeting, <laughs> so we don't have to deal with this. But oh, you know what? Like everyone needs a hobby. Do you, boo boo? Like you, you know what I would like. Why don't, why don't you comment, like commentary on Anna Kendrick's tweets? You're like, no, that, just no, no. <laughs> that requires me to do more than the bare minimum of pushing the retweet button <laughs> to get any uh, to get any online traffic from simply retweeting her tweets would make me so happy. So that's that's what I'm going to dedicate my time in life to, and I hope you guys follow. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, remember to dream to try and do good later bros later bros